Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Okay, it's time. Let's see if I still got it. It's the return. Are you happy to hear my voice? I'm back. It's the return. The boy is back. Johnny Deebs, back in your ear. Appreciate you hanging around and listening right now. Who knows if you've been hanging around? You might've been cheating. You might've been cheating on me with another podcast. That's okay. Um, I appreciate you tuning into this episode. I'm back. The Top Catcher Don't Speak podcast is back after a five and a half month hiatus. The last episode I dropped was February 28th. And some of you motherfuckers still haven't listened to that. So what are we doing here, right? What are we doing? No, I'm kidding. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I've been having a bit of a, a hot boy summer, maybe, I guess. I don't know if that's still like the term that kids use, literally. Like that literally might be a last summer turn. Um, just kind of been focused on the wrong things. Um, and to that, we say, like, have you have you guys listened to the new Travis Scott? Have you have you guys listened to that album? It's a great project. I'm going a, I'm to a steal a clip from it. And this is what we say to that. Are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Yeah, you guys weren't expecting to tune into a rap concert, but you know how it is. No, um, no, I'm gonna try to be a little transparent here. The last few months have been crazy. <laughs> Are you fucking crazy? Uh, they've been very tumultuous. A lot of things going on in the world, in the tech world, and in, in my day to day job, in my personal life. Also, summer, but like it wasn't summer when I stopped. So I don't know. Men- mental health is like important. Uh, so I guess I'll try to talk about it and like the least non cash talk way for the talk cash or don't speak episode but i don't know I, i've been feeling weird just as i guess people would say i haven't been feeling myself over the last uh over the last couple months and just a lack of motivation in general right um but definitely a lot of a lack of motivation to make content this is one of the last things on my mind and i do appreciate the you know people who have checked in randomly online or or friends who are just like are you still doing the podcast yeah, I am. I just again, just a lack of motivation in general. Maybe to make money also, which is fucking crazy. It's a fucking crazy. That should just that should be the title of the episode. But I don't know if I can make the title. Are you fucking crazy? But yeah, I don't know. Um, that uh, that is when you know I'm not feeling myself. I mean, the kids honestly might fucking call it depression, but I don't really think so. I'm just gonna say I haven't been feeling myself. Haven't been feeling great over the last couple months. Um. And yeah, you know, I've been, I haven't been creating content. So then you lose a little bit of passion, a little bit of your, you know, passion project that, that fulfills you there. And the, talk about the fucking content I've been consuming. So negative, right? Just negative in terms of it helps or it makes me dislike people, the people that are making it. There's money stuff that I've been reading and just being like, oh, that's so fucking stupid. They're so stupid. Whereas I used to think, all right, let me flip this. Let me see how I can make this a, a story, right? Or how I can, 
can turn this into a lesson. Um, I've been seeing a lot of dating, a lot of negative dating shit, and that's not great because um, then that's just turning to sexes against each other. The news, we always talk about the news here and how negative that is. Even the food content that I have been consuming has been been really flipping me upside down and not making me feel great recently. Not food content as in like fucking Gordon Ramsay telling me how to make a filet mignon. Um, no, more just like the depressing facts about like health, modern health these days and the stuff that goes into our food and kind of makes it really hard to even eat healthy and how much do you want to eat healthy? How much do you want to consume negative stuff, right? Um, I'm, I'm big on the seed oil gang right now or anti-seed oil gang, I should say. Um, yeah, so we're going to, but what I realized is we're going to get through this together. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my shit and try and go back to giving you guys some tips, tips and tricks. And we're going to see how that goes. And I'm really fucking hyped about it. I'm really hyped right now. That might be because I drank three cups of coffee today when normally I have like one and then maybe a cheeky second espresso in the afternoon. But I had a, I just had a cup of coffee at five o'clock. I'm fucking hyped. It's seven o'clock right now. I'm usually going to the gym right now. I've been prioritizing the gym. I've still been able to do that, but like we're putting that off. Is this a manic episode? Is this a manic phase? I don't know that. I don't think so. Is this what the professionals call a manic episode? <laughs> a manic depressive episode? No, we're Gucci. Uh, I'm putting off the gym. Might go later. Might not. We'll see. Um, but in general, we're back. Thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for staying here. If you've stayed, been asking what's up. And if you're new, welcome to the motherfucking show. That's what they say in baseball. They're like, welcome to the show. But this is the podcasting and welcome to the show because you're about to learn some shit today. Um, I did mention that this is going to be like, like a non-talk cash, a non-cash talk, talk cash episode. No, I got to fill you guys in on the current state of the economy. I'm again, some fucking personal shit kind of towards the end, but I want to give you, I got to provide, I got to give you guys some fucking, some, some noise, right? Some information to begin with of, to, you know, to remind you why you're even back, why you even listen to Johnny. So let's talk about the current state of the economy, right? Everybody and their mother knows that right now AI is the booming trend word. Any company with AI is getting getting some uh, funding. I mean, not necessarily funding, but they're getting some love and, and they're doing well, they're popping off. There's AI that helps you update resumes. There's AI that helps you build apps right now, which is crazy because it's like, it's like using technology to build technology. I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's a whole bunch of different AI companies out there but consumerism is still the name of the game. And I'm going to drop some fucking facts on you. And we're going to talk about consumerism in the way that it is potentially kind of propping up a, a kind of crappy economy. And then also in the way that, you know, it's always going to be there. People are always going to spend good times or bad. People will spend money. See, a lot of people say the opposite, right? When I was getting into the Airbnb game, people were like, we're going through a down economy. So people are going to cut back their spending. Smart people will. If you're smart, you will. People will, right? There, there'll be a, latch, a little bit of a downtrend, but dog, people spend money no matter what. The credit card debt ceiling for consumer credit, credit, consumer credit card debt just hit over a trillion dollars in the United States, okay? What does that tell you? It means that no matter what, people are going to find a way to pay for what they want. Maybe they can't afford it, but that's, uh, I mean, that's that's the plan right there. And that's like, that's uh, propping up the gross domestic product, in my opinion, but we'll see. Um, we also know that 
over the last six months, there's been a lot of information around going around federal student loan repayments. I still have this guest goal, this goal guest in Denver. She's she's being funky. She's being weird. Um, we'll see. I'm gonna get her on the podcast though. But we're we'll see. She focuses on that stuff, and I really want her to talk about it more than I do. But yeah, so credit card debt reaches one trillion dollars. Consumer credit card debt propping up America. What did the what? I mean, literally the other day there was a news article I read that said Taylor Swift, her tour, the Eras tour, because I don't really listen to Taylor Swift anymore. I liked the old Taylor Swift, like White Horse, and like it's a love story, baby, just say yes. That's the Taylor Swift I was rocking with. Um, I don't know what Eras is about. I'm sure she has a, another ex and she's making an album about it. God, imagine like every time you break up, you just get a fucking banger album. Go on a a, a a huge world tour. One could dream. <laughs> One could dream. I wouldn't. Yeah, that that'd be nice. But and then and then Barbie, those two things, those two women right there, blondes are holding up the world. I always said blondes do it best. You know, personally, it's a personal take on life right there. But these two blonde women are fucking holding up the U.S. economy. Let's uh let's talk about Taylor Swift first. All right, Taylor Swift. 2.4 million tickets sold. That's the most sold by an artist artist in a single day. That was back in like November when they announced this tour. Um, and if you remember, it's like thousand tickets were going for like a thousand dollars at the minimum at one point. That was the cheapest. They were supposed to be sold for like fifty dollars to like a hundred on Ticketmaster. Well, Ticketmaster crooks, and then everybody got them through bots or however however you buy them. And then now the resale market, that's where they're they're popping up at $1,000. So I don't know. I uh, I would not be paying $1,000 to see my favorite artist. I bought Drake tickets, paid like $250 each. And they're reselling now for $500 at the cheapest. Um, I might resell those and then try to finesse on the day of, but that's like a little hack that me and the Drake, the Drake stands know about, right? You Taylor Swift fans, figure out your own stuff. Taylor Swift girls aren't selling Taylor Swift tickets. They're just, they're not mercenaries like that. They love their girl. So listen to this though, right? 2.4 million tickets sold. Average ticket should be like 50, 100, 200 bucks. But we know that they've been priced up, which is crazy to almost $1,000 and people are buying them. I mean, she, she sold, she sold out. So the estimates are coming in right now that are saying that T-Swift, T-Swizzle, the gal T-Swizzle's tour is about to be the first billion dollar concert tour ever. In a quote, I mean, I'm going to say it's a down economy. Last year, they had to change the definition of a recession to then be able to say that we are not in a recession, right? So even if we're not in a recession you have we, you don't go from a recession to a to a booming market, and we did from November to like February have a really great stock market run up where it, like we got back out of the bull market or sorry out of the bear market into the bull market. The stock market is not really a trending indicator of what's happening in the day to day life, but I still think there's potentially worse to come. You really won't like feel it until the day to day workers right because like right now it's like high paying tech roles getting affected right the tech industry, which has held up the S&P 500 and the U.S. stock market over the last couple of years is struggling. But that is almost a correction because COVID created a boom. When people were on the streets during COVID, people were working. I mean, I was working a remote job. Tech was booming. 
it was a good time to sell tech when everybody went remote, right? But the grocery workers and the people in Walmart, consumer stores, retail stores, those were the people who were really suffering. Well, now it's a balancing act and the, the pendulum's kind of swung, which is okay. Um, it's, it's tough, but it's okay. Um, and so what we're looking at now is maybe just a, a rebalancing of different stocks doing well versus it just being so tech heavy at the top. Interesting, right? But we're still in a down market. You, you cannot deny that. And so for Taylor Swift to go through and have the first billion dollar concert tour ever in a down market, and then we see, oh, wow, credit card debt just keeps creeping up. Shocker, shocker. No, those two things go hand in hand. Also, I bought a, like a, a $50 pair of pants the other day online, and I was offered the ability to put that in afterpay. It was four payments. <laughs> it was like, do you want to use? Do you want to pay for this in like four payments of twelve dollars or something like that? It's crazy. Um, no, I don't personally. And we know how we feel about Klarna and Afterpay. I did a whole episode on that stuff. But it's becoming more accessible now than ever to get money that's not yours. It's also more expensive though because. A lot of the tech company growth has come from funding that was cheap, low interest rates, cheap funding. But now interest rates higher. The Fed just increased interest rates again two weeks ago. So, you know, it's expensive to get money. It's expensive to borrow money. People are still doing it. Companies are being smarter about how they do it because that's why they pay a CFO half a million dollars to multiple millions of dollars a year to do that. Who's the CFO of your house? If you're listening to this podcast, it might very well be you. So this is like a serious note. Like who's the CFO of your house? You got to be the CEO of your life and the CFO too. And then the COO to make sure the operations like shit's getting cleaned and grocery shopping, I guess, and stuff. But like the CFO, you got to make sure that the money is looking right. Are you getting enough money in? And are you spending? Are you able to limit your spending at all? What's, you know, what's the deal? Talk to yourself about that because- Inflation is not going down anytime soon. It is very expensive to live. Every stepping out the house, that's going to cost you 50 bucks right there. So while you're doing that, ask yourself, is it the best time to maybe make a big purchase like a $1,000 concert ticket? That watch, that new car, it has never been a worse time to buy a car than right now. That was a CNBC article. I'm going to actually post that and, and do a little talk over on my Instagram and, and TikTok because that one, that one's just too juicy to to not dive into on social media versus diving into here on the podcast. But it is a very bad time to buy a car right now. Buying a house is very expensive, so the housing market has kind of been flat over the last year, and I think it will remain flat for probably another year. And I think the U.S. economy will remain, uh, you know, shaky over the next year. Chat to me again in summer 2024. It's funny because. I have a friend, uh, he took a startup, a job at a startup a couple of years after college. And I remember just telling him, it was like 20, it must've been 2017 or something like that. And I was like, Hey, just be careful, man. Cause these startups, a lot of them are getting funding and there's no, they're, they're fluff. And a lot of startups don't even make it anyway. And I was like, just be careful. He reminded me a couple of years later that I had said that and given him that advice. And I was drunk in the backseat of a car. So I didn't remember giving him that advice, but I, I gave him that advice and he had ended he ended up getting laid off later on that year. That was like 2017 or 2018. Um, so let's do this again. Let's check back next year 
and see, because I think that's, we're going to be in trouble at least until next summer. Things might start to get a little better. Time heals all wounds, right? And I mean, for a lot of us, I'm 30, for a lot of us millennials and for definitely Gen Zers, this is the first time you're ever really having to like deal with a negative time like this, unless you're an older millennial who got out of college in like 2008 when it was a fucking recession then too. So I've never really seen economic times like this. But if you can if you can survive through this time, you will be okay. Let's talk more about consumerism. But the 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 sidebar there was like reconsider and evaluate your consumerism. Like I've been putting off a big purchase. I wanted a watch like two years ago. Honestly, I had pictures of this watch back in twenty like eighteen. But I keep putting it off because that's delayed gratification, baby. I might never get this watch. That's okay. It's not important. But with like unshakiness in the in the economy and just everything, I, I haven't felt safe. I haven't felt like I'm standing on sturdy ground for about a year now. And I'm in a better financial situation than most, especially a lot of people listening to this, not to be like mean, but just to, just, just facts statistically, right? Um, and so if I'm thinking like that, why aren't you? Be the CFO of your house, be vigilant, Cut spending where it needs to be spent. Uh, cut. Think about what's important. But yeah, shout out to Tay Swift. About to make a fucking bag. First billion dollar concert. Right after her was the Elton John. Yeah, Elton John's concert was the last big one like that. And that was 2018 to 2020. Oh, look, that's the one that COVID broke up. Okay, cool. That was 853 million. So that's like the closest. That was the biggest selling concert to date so far. And then Taylor Swift's about to break a billion. 853 million. Ed Sheeran was number three on that, his Divide Tour. That's my boy Ed, 776 million. I didn't know really people were feeling Ed like that because whenever I used to be an Ed Sheeran fan, kind of grown out of that phase of my life now, I will not tolerate any Ed slander. And 2017, Ed crushed it, right? I guess I do know a lot of people that went to that concert. I just didn't really know that he was that big. Um, and my 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 care for Ed Sheeran has kind of gone down over the years where it sounds like he's just gotten more and more popular. But that's the thing when you you like someone kind of when they first really break out, right? Um, look, let's look, let's talk about the other top 10 concerts. U2, 736 million. That was 29, 2009. U2. Oh, that's when um Apple forced that album onto our uh onto our iPhones. And iPods. Does anybody remember that? It's got to be right. Guns and Roses, not in this lifetime. That's 2016. That was half a half a bill. 584 million. The Rolling Stones in 2005, 558 million. The Rolling Stones in 2017, 547 million. Rolling Stone. Like I, I guess I knew the Stones were big. Also, I just don't really listen to rock like that. Coldplay, 2016, half a half a bill. Also, 524 million. Roger Waters. In 2010 to 2013, who the fuck is that? Cue that meme with, cue that Conor McGregor meme. Who the fuck is that guy? I literally don't know who Roger Waters is. That's like a homework project for me afterwards, after this episode. ACDC, 2008. I know everybody loves ACDC, 400 million. Harry Styles, 2021, and that one's still going on. That one's 418 million. That is very interesting because I know a lot of girls that go crazy for Harry Styles. I I think I know one Harry Styles song. Um, was he part of, what was he, like, 
I don't even know. He was a part of a boy band. One Direction, right? I don't know. We'll see. You can tell what type of music I listen to, right? <laughs> Drake, played a Drake song, ready to go to the Drake concert. I, I know old school Taylor Swift. I know Ed Sheeran rock. American rock in this country. ACDC, Rolling Stones. Is Coldplay considered rock? I know old school Coldplay too, kind of. You too? I didn't know people liked rock that much in this generation. I really didn't. And I didn't think boomers were going to fucking music concerts anymore. I thought that was a little past their their era, <laughs> their day. That's uh, that's the music side. That's the T-Swizzle side of the economy. The biggest shocker here is that when we think back to the Taylor Swift concert and we think back, it's, you know, tour. So it's going around in every city. There's been an increase in revenue per available room, which is a new statistic that I had never heard of before. But in revenue per available room in every city that Taylor Swift has stopped in. And that happened. I mean, that was... Uh, that's pretty impressive right there, right? So she is increasing the local economy within your city. Within your city, Taylor Swift has <laughs> increased the spend, increased the amount of money that most people are spending. And if it, Taylor Swift didn't do it, then Barbie did it. So we got Barbie and we got Oppenheimer Together, Barbenheimer, as the, the marketing around these movies has just been miraculous. Miraculous. Dual box office hits. Their combined revenue made up the fourth biggest overall weekend in box office history. I'm more of an Oppenheimer guy myself. I actually went to see it last night. Very good. Christopher Nolan. Um, I would recommend seeing it in theaters because... That is the experience that Christopher Nolan would have wanted you to have. The loud noises, the cinematography, the um, the visuals, the effects. But it is slow. It's a slow three-hour movie, and there's about 20 minutes of action in it. I'm not spoiling anything, but that's that's the movie for you. I love Christopher Nolan movies, like Interstellar, the Batman movies. Come on now. Inception was great. I even liked Tenet, and that one was uh, controversial, but you just got to watch it enough times to understand it. <laughs> I also love John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son, who absolutely slayed in that shit. But yeah, that's, um, I mean, that is pretty crazy right there when it comes to the movies doing so well. I really think that they're um, a product of the marketing. Barbie has been going crazy, but people are talking about going to see one, then the other. Uh, I haven't seen Barbie. Barbie, um, I will go on a date with a girl and see Barbie, but I'm not really going to go see that alone. I'm not going to go see that with the boys either. And I'm cool seeing Barbie on HBO. If Oppenheimer wasn't a Christopher Nolan movie, I'd probably catch that on HBO. But again, the cinematography deserves to be seen in the cinema. But yeah, I mean, Bank of America right here, showed that credit card spending on entertainment and clothing both spiked the week of Barbie's release. It said entertainment sales went up about 13%. That's impressive because look, everybody's, I mean, most girls have some pink in their wardrobe, but everybody's getting a pink outfit to go see Barbie. I've seen guys dressing in pink. It's like, oh, me and the squad going to see Barbie and stuff. And again, I don't really know exactly the premise of the movie, but I imagine, I mean, she was a, a doll. So that is indirect consumerism right there. So, I mean, parents might be buying their kids new dolls. I'm so out of touch with what parents are buying kids these days. I have some friends that are parents, but they have like one-year-olds, three-year-olds. I don't know anybody. Do I know anybody with a kid that's older than like five? 
Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they're like, then it skyrockets up and they're way older kids, like 12 to 15. And I don't think you're buying those kids dolls either. So the consumerism aspect is naturally built into Barbie, even a little bit more so than Oppenheimer. Because I mean, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Go fucking buy. <laughs> I didn't even say this. I'm going to go buy a like a toy atomic bomb to go to go watch Oppenheimer. I don't think so. That's that's uh that's on that psychopathic level. I don't know. I think we're going to see a change in what makes the market move. And this consumerism trend, consumerism is always going to be there. People always find a way to spend money. But in general, like these fast growing tech companies have to grow a little slower. Let me just kind of give an explanation why, right? You get $500 million on a you know, let's just say a, a $2 billion evaluation. That's not a great example right there. But let's just say a, 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 fun, a firm gives you $500 million as a tech company to grow. So you overinvest that money or you, you invest that money. We only know it's overinvesting now. You ramp up the sales team because that's how you're going to sell, right? You ramp up the marketing, you get more money into product and innovation. But every, there's a, uh, we'll call it bloat in every single department where it's just a little bit more money than maybe needs to go to it because there's more money to go around. Well, now that $500 million used to come with a lower amount of interest tied to it that you would then have to pay these um, these VC funds back with. But now the private equity firms, the VC firms, it's more expensive to get money. It's more expensive to loan out money. So now $500 million, a tech company is like, well, we, we can't pay that back yet. We're not even profitable. We're not, we're not making money yet. We were just growing before. So now it might make more sense to take a $50 million or a $10 million piece of investment from a firm instead of a $500 million. So now that company is now looking for more solid sustained growth instead of hockey hockey stick, like rocket ship growth, where it's like, we'll, we'll pay you back when we pay you back. We're growing, baby. We're in grow mode. Stay on green. <laughs> foot on the gas. Now it's like, we're foot on the grass, but we're not speeding in the fast lane. We're driving. It's like a family of with four in the back seat. You know, you're, you're taking it easy. You're, you have things to, you have to take precaution. So that's like just the simplest way, dumb it down to the level of a fifth grade to understand money was cheap. So people took more money with no intention of paying that money back for a longer time so they could grow quick. Now money is expensive. So you take less money, grow a little more uh, in a careful manner, but it's a little bit slower. And you try to get profitable and actually make money sooner. That's like the state of the economy. So just keep an eye on that. Take that, internalize that, ingest it. Think about it for a little bit. Think about that when you think of like, you know, the companies that are popping up, the new startups that you're seeing. Or think about that when you're thinking of companies that were all you could see over the last 10 years. And now it just seems like that's calmed down a bit. That's all. I'm going to transition. This is the Talk Casual Don't Speak podcast. We're going to talk. I just want to talk about like some personal shit, give you an update in my life, right? Okay. So Airbnb has been going great. Um, it, I was nervous at first, not going to lie. December is when I got it live, December, 2021, January, February, March, April. We saw, I saw like an increase in revenue, but it has just taken a little while to get there. But then the summer people were like, I'm, I'm no longer staying in Airbnbs. Okay. That's cool for you, bitch. 
that's cool for you, but I promise you, people are still popping off here. I got guests here right now for a month, month long stay. They have like a construction project. Great. Lovely guests. I love the long-term guests because they're hassle-free. They want to be left alone. They do their own thing. If there's a, if there's a problem, they can message me, but I have not had any problem with the long-term guests. It's the shorter term guests that are a bigger headache, but July was my best month for Airbnb yet. I'm going to be transparent here. I made about $6,000 off the Airbnb in July. So that's great. That's And and I'm hoping, I mean, August right now, because that's a long-term tenant, a lot of that 6K kind of came from that long-term tenant that checked in in July, got paid that in July. We'll see. I just had a, a booking for the for Labor Day, which is good, but I need to fill up the second half of July. And I've been booking at about anywhere from like 80 to 90% occupancy. So I use a software that helps price it. So that I'm pretty much always booked. I don't know if, I don't think I have a luxury Airbnb. I'm not downtown. The location is more residential. It's better for families, better for people who just kind of want to get to the mountains quicker versus being in the action, in the heat of things. So it's not priced at like a huge premium of maybe like a city or a mountain town, kind of in that in-between level, but it's going really well. I'm really happy about that. As of February, and guys, if you guys are smart, have a brain, you'll start kind of doing a little bit of math here in terms of timeline. But as of February, I'm single too. So that was like a big adjustment, right? Because I was living with my my ex too. But that's maybe where a little bit of that motivation and everything kind of just trickled off. And eh, I have to I have to think about that. I have to I have to do a little internal digging on how I really felt versus maybe how I felt at first, and then how you know time takes it takes time to kind of heal as all the kids say like i'm healing i'm doing my inner growth work look at me now i'm actually fucking doing that shit or i really haven't been i have not been but whatever i'm good we're figuring it out back i just i did say i only had issues with the short term with airbnb those issues were both with uh short-term stays one was the woman who stayed for like a week and she snuck her dog in so i had one guest i allowed a pet in and he was a long-term tenant and it worked out very well. The dog was very cute, took some pictures with it, played with him in the yard a little bit. But the guests that checked in immediately after had some complaints about getting the hair out. And then, so they actually canceled their stay. That's the first issue, right? But I think that they were kind of like a little picky because the, just the, there's a little bit of hair, dog hair in there, I guess. But also he was like, the, the types of things he'd complained about and taking pictures, and it was a last minute guest, um, just as a, as a recommendation for anybody who's looking to get into Airbnb or has, what I've learned from my forums and communities that I was learning a lot for is that same day guests are often problematic because either A, who, what type of person books a stay last minute, right? That's, that's not a usual responsible person. Like, where are you planning on staying, sir? Ma'am, what were you going to do if I didn't let you stay here? And two, you're at higher risk of parties too. So one of the deterrents that I did to avoid any, having like parties here, like your Project X style parties, which apparently is a thing where people rent out Airbnbs and have parties. Couldn't be me though. Wouldn't be me. Never me. <laughs> uh, is they'll rent it for one night. So I have a two night minimum, which is great because uh, one night is, that's that's a nightmare to have to turn over. It's the turnover that really costs the owner a lot of money. So there's not as much money in that. But yeah, so... <laughs> That guy called me that day, was like, hey, our plans fell through. I'm like, you know what? It's a family of four. That's pretty believable. Cool. Come through. He called and canceled, or he like sent me a message on the app and canceled the next day, citing, he like pointed, like the, the pictures were like of three hairs, which I get. I don't know. If I saw hair on an Airbnb, I don't know how I would act. But then he had taken pictures like 
underneath the tap in the Airbnb. And there are some stains in the floor in the Airbnb that just cannot be gotten out. Like I, I had it professionally cleaned. I've gone there and like scraped little bits off, but it's not really going to come out of the floor, but it's okay. It's just, it's just there. It's, it's like, uh, it's more a visual thing. It's not like it's actual dirt there. It's just ingrained into the material now, but he pointed to that. And I've never had anybody complain about that before. I've never had anybody else complain about the cleanliness actually in the entire time. And then this guy pointed to those things and it's like, listen to this. This is how you finesse. Hey, I would hate to have to like leave a review. Let's just, let's just work this out. Maybe just refund us the money and, and we don't have to go through Airbnb. And as a new tenant or uh, not tenant, a new owner, I didn't want a bad review because that shit fucks you up. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this dude. I'm going to give him the 300 bucks back for like the extra night or two or two nights that he was supposed to stay and be gone. Be gone, thought. Uh, so he left. That was like the only issue. But I do think that having the pet there added to the, maybe my cleaner, I switched cleaners too, because maybe I needed an extra level of cleaning for the dogs that they weren't doing. And I also banned having dogs, which leads me to the more recent issue where this woman was staying for a week. She had her family. Uh, she said she came with like business partner, uh, husband, whatever. It was weird because it was weird because I kept seeing people coming and going from my like front door, like from my front house. Cause I work, if I'm not in this office here, I work out of the front of my house where I can kind of see the front yard, right? We're coming and going all day. People didn't know. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I don't really care about that stuff too much. You'll meet some owners who are very problematic of like, oh, no, nobody that's not on the listing. Um, I don't even care if someone wants to have a party back there as long as they don't break shit. Like, I, I don't I don't care, bro. I'm, I'm playing Travis Scott in my house. I'm probably louder than them. Um, just don't just don't disrupt my neighbors. Don't disrupt me, which is hard to do. And then don't don't ruin the house. Those are those are kind of my goals and guidelines of the of the place. But yeah, just people, lots of different people coming and going. It was a little, little confusing. And then one day I saw a dog out in the yard and I was like, what? It was a tiny little like white curly dog, curly haired dog. And so I'm looking at, I'm, I'm talking to some people in, in my like discord chat on Airbnb, like what should I do? And they're like, you need to go and kick them out. Because if I'm not allowing dogs, then Airbnb insurance doesn't cover that. And Airbnb won't cover me if I was to complain, make a complaint about them, but not kick them out. So they were like, you need to go kick them out. I didn't do that. Um, I took the more lenient approach. I was like, you know what? They were here for like a week and that I had only seen the dog that one time. I wasn't really sure what was happening. Um, I didn't even message them. I probably should have messaged them. That was like the mistake. That was a rookie Airbnb mistake. Come to find like two weeks later, this is just last week. I found a bunch of dog shit, but in the back, in the back corner of like my property, which is kind of like the house, the, the, the Airbnb hides the back corner of my property where there's like a shed and they've been taking the dog back there and, and, and to let it use the bathroom, just totally pulled one over on me. And so, cause I was just like torn in the matter. Like when I had a dog, I had a pet fee. And so like it was like a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, um, which I then hopefully would give to the cleaners, right? So they would clean more and take more time and whatever they can, they can charge appropriately for animals being there versus not being there. So I was like, okay, should I just charge them the pet fee? Should I just not say anything? And I really didn't. And I went in and checked as soon as they, they, um, they checked out, which I don't always do. Sometimes my cleaners get there before me. 
and it wasn't really that bad. Like the, the place wasn't dirty. I didn't notice dog hair, anything like that. So I was just uh, a little confused on like, did I just see the dog that one day? Again, multiple people have been coming and going. It was a rookie mistake. The two red flags, I mean, obviously seeing the dog and then two, having multiple people. Airbnb literally will not insure people who are not on the reservation. That's a lesson for you, for you rookies out there. So I should have, I should have gone and kicked them out as soon as I saw a dog. And I maybe should have messaged them about having the random people. And that other dude, I probably shouldn't have just allowed the same day booking. And then that never would have happened. But I did get like, I think I got like a hundred bucks from him um, after everything and then refunded him the rest of his stay. And he never left a review, which is good. Um, but I just felt like it was a little bit of a scam. The guy felt a little, a little scammy there, but I don't know. This is me telling you guys the owner's perspective of Airbnb. Um, you can go online and see all about the renter side of things. I read those and read horror stories from both sides, right? I personally have always used hotels up until like the last two years. And then you go certain places. Like I asked all my friends in San Diego when I was staying in San Diego and they're like, you should get an Airbnb by the beach. So cool. I did that. I went down to Florida for a week this year. I got an Airbnb in the old neighborhood that I used to live in. And it worked out really well because I was central. I knew exactly where I went, where I was. Um, I like Airbnbs for the right occasion or for the right trip for maybe longer term. Hotels get a little depressing to me after like three days. Like sometimes when I travel for work, I have to stay in a hotel for like four nights. And it just is, I don't know. I don't know if it's like too like disconnected from the rest of the world. Um, I just, uh, you uh, when you have a week somewhere, you want to kind of be able to put your feet up, make the place your own a little bit. Go buy your favorite cereal, whatever. So I like Airbnb still. Um, I also like hotels. It just depends on the trip. That's me personally. Um, a lot of people are shifting away from Airbnbs. You can you can kind of figure out what makes the most sense for you. But when people say that, I also think, I mean, I just know that they're speaking in extremes and that's the depressing shit that you see on the internet, right? Because I, I'm booked. I'm booked, baby. And I know people that are booked, but I also know people who are booked, but their bookings are down year over year. This is my first year. So who knows? Maybe we get a little boom next year. Maybe we get a little boom. Who knows? Or maybe it gets, it gets worse as the economy gets worse. We'll see. But that's the that's the Airbnb update. Otherwise, I, I've like been enjoying my summer, playing a lot of soccer this summer. We've had preseason. Played like six games over the last week. Uh, or I guess two weeks ago, I played six games over the last week. They're shorter games, but for tournaments, three games in one weekend, went to Vail, got to hang out with the soccer boys a little bit, which was great. Um, and then, you know, do some team bonding preseason, baby. That's what it's about. And then I had another tournament as well. So that's been keeping me super busy. Let's relate that back to money. If we had won one of those tournaments, I think we would have won like $600 or so for our team. And that pretty much just refunds us the money that we pay because um, I'm not a fucking professional soccer player. If you were silly enough to think that, shame on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just the idea of winning money for a soccer game. Hell yeah, baby. Give me that. Uh, that that'd be sick. Um, other than that, like I mentioned, I was in Vail. been doing a lot of, a lot of travel for work and for, for pleasure myself too. Had some weddings, have some weddings coming up here as we end summer and get into fall. I I had a Vegas trip. I went to Vegas for my birthday in April. And then I went again uh, for another trip, celebratory weekend on the 4th of July. That was like a 3K weekend for me. Like I spent like three grand. I spent less on my birthday than I did when I went with this other crew. Um, and it was interesting. 
because I think I was with a, guy, a bunch of people who are a little bit more successful than I am in terms of like what they make and, and their businesses and having things up and running. So I felt like the small, the small fry, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I love it. I mean, like I love Vegas. Uh, I love getting bottle service. I do think it's a waste of money for most people, but it's fun to do it. I just don't usually do it like Friday night, then Saturday during the day, then Saturday night. That's just not my vibe. If I do it, it would be like once or twice a year. Maybe, maybe, maybe once or once every couple months. But like realistically, like I'm not doing bottle service like that. I I'm comfortable going to the club and grabbing a drink and standing. I want to be in the action anyway. I want to dance, baby. I want to dance. But it was really good. It was a really good weekend to kind of open up my mindset a little bit. And that kind of shifted it, woke me up a little bit, right? July, we're here a month later. So I'm back. I'm feeling myself a little bit more, but it helped shift more towards the abundance mindset, which I think is something worth discussing all the time. Abundance mindset versus like saving and and like scrimping away money. Like, do I hoard? Do I, do I hoard and try to keep my savings rate super high or do I go out and make more money? And I think the answer is somewhere in between both. Because if you keep in this mindset of I can just go out and make more, so I make it, I spend it, I make it, spend it. That's how you live paycheck to paycheck. You will always be paycheck to paycheck. And I don't want to work forever, baby. I do not. Do not want to work forever. And the opposite is high savings rate, high investing rate. Then that way you are almost getting yourself out of the rat race, out of the working world. But are you really enjoying your day-to-day life? I always wonder that when I see people who are hardcore into the FIRE community, which is financial independence, retire early, which I'm a part of, but I'm not hardcore into that. My savings rate is like 20, 25% of my salary um, and, and, and income I save. And realistically, some of those people are doing like 45, 50%. So they can make me feel very inferior about how much I save. But in my mind, I know most people can't cover a $1,000 emergency. Most people's savings rate is zero. Most people can't even contribute or don't even contribute 5% to their 401k. Sometimes it's can't because they don't make enough. And sometimes it's won't because they spend what they make. So again, you're seeing both of those mindsets collide. I will always, I will always play not the middle ground to be safe. I don't, I don't need to be safe. That's literally what I believe because I'm, I'm, I'm 30. I just lived through my 20s, had a high savings rate got some stock saved and I feel good. I feel good having a little bit of a kitty. That's what you say in England, like nice, nice money stashed away in the savings account, right? Savings account there, rainy day emergency fund there, Roth IRA 401k taken care of. And then also some additional stocks on top of that. But I just, I, I mean, I know not everybody is doing that. I know people who have employee stock purchase plans that are not taking advantage of those. And my first tip to them is always just take advantage of that. And I'm working on my tone too, right? Like to figure out how can I be myself and be as aggressive and say the things that I want to say, but also have someone want to open up to me because it's a personal thing when you open about up about money. So how, how can I get them to do that and appreciate the tone that I'm going to take and appreciate the advice that I'm going to give, but not have them shut down completely? Because I, I mean... If they're going to just be like, fuck that. I don't like the way that guy talks to me. I don't need to listen to him about money. That's not helping anybody. So it's like, all right, what's the right tone, right? Because I, I got to be myself. Got to stay true to me. I got to I gotta put me first. But also I want people to get better. And to do that, you almost have to kind of match the energy that they're giving. So I try to get people to open up, let them know this is a trusting environment, and then lay into them. 
How are you not doing that? Are you crazy? Are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking crazy? That's the theme of this episode. Um, but yeah, ESPP, 401k, Roth IRA, really easy ways to get started into investing. The Roth IRA is $6,000 a year. If you make more than roughly 130, you can't contribute to that, but you can contribute via backdoor methods. That's a whole separate episode that I have and you can go listen to. 401k, 19th or 20,000 to max that out. I don't rec- max mine out. I don't max mine out. And I don't know if I necessarily recommend maxing it out. I, ma- I recommend going as high as you can to get your employer match. Sometimes that's $4,000 a year. Sometimes that's $6,000 a year. Sometimes that's fucking two, $3,000 a year. Look at what your employer offers. And then the ESPP, the ESPP, if your employer offers an ESPP, it's almost a guaranteed return. Most of the time you can contribute up to 15% of your salary and you get a 15% discount on the stock. What that means, what you should hear instead of 15% discount is 15% gains right away. So that's a guaranteed gain, which in the stock market is almost impossible. If you get that and sell that stock right away, oh, my taxes will be higher. Yes, but you just locked in 15% gains. Whenever people are scared of paying more taxes, it's okay. It's okay to pay more taxes because there's tricks that you can do to lower that income. And that's why you should work with a tax professional. But if you're dealing with higher tax issues, more, more a higher tax bracket, it means you're making more money and that's a good thing, right? So those are like the, the ways that I think you can easily save money. If Pardon me. If you save into your 401k, put a little into your 401k, put a little into your Roth IRA. If you have an ESPP and take advantage of that, then you are, and, and let's say also say health savings account. If you have a high deductible plan, health savings account, $3,750 dollars per year, something like that to max that out. And that will go towards any health expenses. But at the same time, if you don't spend that money that you invested into your HSA, you can roll it over and you can invest it. So that can become a little savings account of its own for major health expenses because you will have them. If we're 20, 30, not having these health expenses, God knows they're going to come when we're fucking 50, 60. Shit. Um, those, if you can take advantage of those vehicles right there in just like a little bit, then then I think you can then enjoy and and spend and enjoy life carefree because you've gotten the backbone, you've gotten the four hundred one k or the Roth IRA, you've got the health savings account, you've got the ESPP. So if you're doing those things, then you don't have to feel quite as guilty. Could you increase your savings or investing rate? Most likely, almost everyone could, but also. That's how you find that balance. How much do you want to save? What are your long-term goals? Uh, a little bit about balance, right? I'm uh, <laughs> I have this cheeky this this Drake line, but I'm gonna use it as an Instagram caption. Surprise, surprise! But it's like they say life is about balance, but baby, the balance is my account now. I love that. Um, life is about balance, but it's also about balancing your money. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my episode for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a while. I appreciate you bearing with me. Appreciate you letting me open up for as much as I did. They're like, John, you literally didn't say shit about what was going on in your personal life. Dog the fuck. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck about me? What you care about is the fucking information that I can give you, right? And guess what? We got information coming. Can't believe I just did that like a like a girl clapping at a man on the street. Like, baby, you don't know about me. I hate when I see that shit. We got guests, guests on guests on guests, racks on racks on racks. 
No. Uh, because I've taken a little hiatus, I've been able to kind of build up a little bit of a, a bench or a roster here, whatever you want to call it, of people, of guests, good guests who have good experience in real estate, in content creation, in, in side hustling. Guests who are fans of the show and are actively wanting to be on the show. So they get the vibe and they're ready to bring the noise. And that's what we're going to do. So stay tuned. I'm going to do one more solo episode coming up here. I got it ready and planned just because the economy is really shaky right now. So it's like what to do if you're fired or laid off. Fun fact, this is a little a little nugget for those of you listening. I actually made that episode and then it. I don't even know. I put it out. I think I put it out for like one day, two days. And those of you who are like diehards, maybe you heard it on the first day or two. I know some of you heard of it. I know some of you heard it because I got some feedback. I actually didn't even get the feedback, but someone in my life that was close to me at the time that is not close to me now um, <laughs> didn't like the content that was there. Uh, I guess it was a little too personal, hit a little too close to home, which, uh, you know, whatever. But the home is the the home is a single domicile now, baby. So I'm gonna redo that episode. We'll we'll listen for the tonalities and such because it's a personal subject for for people. It's a touchy subject for people, whatever. But I'm gonna give you guys info on what to do if you're laid off or fired because that's happened for so many people. So many companies have been doing layoffs over the last seven, eight, nine months now that it may be a little late for some, and I feel really bad about that. But I pulled that episode because I didn't want to offend someone. Whatever. Yeah. What am I fucking doing? But I'm really excited for that episode. And then we got guests on guests on coming. Racks on, racks on, racks. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Go, go with God, go with grace, go talk cash or don't speak. Go spread the good word. Share this with a friend because there is tidbits in here. Go share this with a Swifty. Go share it with a Swifty. Go share this with your uh, group chat that you watched uh, Barbie or Oppenheimer with. And Tune in. I'm back again. Back like I never met. Left. Back like I never met. Back like I never met. Back like we never met. All right. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Share it with a friend. Go like on social media. I'm going to be posting again some short clips on social media of the podcast, but also I got some separate topics that are just like fun, fun little buzzy topics to talk about that I can talk about in 30 to 60 seconds. And uh, that's the good shit right there. That's That's literally how we grow the podcast. Unfortunately, growing a podcast isn't necessarily about growing and growing listeners. It is about that, but you got to spread the awareness. And one of the best ways to market is through social media. So if you could listen and then share with a friend and then go maybe just like follow or like a post on social media, you'd be doing me a big favor. You'd basically be like looking through that window right there. And you'd be like, just standing in there, giving me a thumbs up. You'd be like, just quietly supporting. And I appreciate that. Okay. Peace guys. That's what I got. Until next week.